What's up, KSAP? James Ford, that's me. Let me talk to him. Let's get it. I'm sick of ball dropping. I'm sick of ball dropping. Chopping up these topics, man. I'm sick of ball dropping. Driving coast to coast, making moves ain't stopping. Driving coast to coast, making moves ain't stopping. Hey, let me put you on game. These other podcasts, I hear talking this, but ain't repping the same. This my bro KSAP. Chopping up topics for your optics. From politics to your top picks. Tune in, you gotta watch this. Exclusive material for your radio. Stop what you doing and listen, we smashing all competition, you better jump on this wave, somebody pass me a mic, man I got something to say, And now, your host of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, the man behind the mic, KSAC. I'm your host and the man behind the mic, KSAP, and we've got an interesting show lined up today. Um, today is International Women's Day, so shout out to all the women out there, and it's only rightfully fitting to address some of the women that are in the NBA holding down some of these assistant coaching positions. Um, we have Christy Tolliver. Um, she's an assistant coach with the Washington Wizards. Also, you have Teresa Weatherspoons. Um, she's an assistant coach with the New Orleans Pelicans. Also, we got Karen Stack Umalov. Uh, she's an assistant coach with the Chicago Bulls, but she previously was a senior director of basketball operations. Also, we got Jennifer Busick. Um, she's the assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks. Also, she was a previous players development coach for the Sacramento Kings. Also, you got Lisa Boyer. She's an assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, she was the first woman to hold a coaching position in NBA history. And also, you got Brittany Donaldson. Uh, she's an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors. Also, you got Lindsay Gottaby. Um, she's the assistant coach, you know, for the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. And, you know, it's a lot of um, women in sports today that we just got to tip our cap to. There's a lot of NBA announcers, Maria Teller, um, Carrie Champion. We have a, a few, Jenny Tapp, that does sports um, with um, the media early in the morning on these um, Fox Sports 1, Undisputed. We got Jenna Wolf, First Things First. We got Jalen Rose's wife, Molly Karam, on first take. So it's a lot of women that participate in sports, and you got to tip your cap to them. And it's not just men that know sports. It's a lot of women that know a lot of sports. So just want to um, tip my cap to them. And, you know, since it's International Women's Day, it's fitting to give them a shout-out. But we're going to address these weekend games with three of the heavyweights in the NBA. Um, we're going to start off Friday night. Uh, we had the Los Angeles Lakers against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, LeBron James' greatness was on display on Friday night. 
I mean, he led the Lakers over the Bucks. Um, he led them with 37 points, and they cruised past the Bucks 113 to 103. But what stood out in that game was, you know, LeBron. He he hears all the chatter. He hears all the noise. So he took took. I think he took it personal on Friday night. Uh, he stepped up to the challenge. Right out the gate, he started guarding Giannis and. It was a lot of things that, you know, people said, well, LeBron is not guarding, you know, the best players out there. But at the age of 35, you know, he still can get it done. And like I said, his basketball IQ for being in the league 17 years is, is still sharp. And, you know, LeBron knows when to put the foot on the gas. He hears it all. He knows when he has to step up. And I think he's conserving himself going into the playoffs to where he's going to show that at the age 35, he still can get it done offensively and defensively. And what stood out to me was on the offensive end, you know, when Giannis was guarding him, I mean, LeBron was not letting Giannis off the hook. I mean, he was backing him down, moving him around, getting to his spots, getting to the cup, a couple up and unders and getting Giannis off balance. And he continued to press. And it's a difference when LeBron plays down on that post versus the way Anthony Davis plays on the post. Me personally, I think Anthony Davis gets the ball too far out on the post for him to operate because he's always belling the defense off by settling for that mid-range. But Anthony Davis got to start, you know, getting that ball and going to the cup. He's so long and lanky, so like on his drop step, he can get to the basket in one move. But LeBron, he played bully ball on Friday night, and that boded well for the Lakers. I mean, got the three-point shooters, you know, looks to knock down the threes. And you got to tip your cap off to Catavius Caldwell-Pope, man. He's He's been hitting some timely threes. He's been playing good defense. And the thing about what the Lakers did is you know what you're going to get from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You got to have that third guy. I know I've been hard on Kuzma, inconsistent, and things like that. But when you got Avery Bradley out there doing things that people didn't expect him to do, hitting the tray ball, hitting the mid-range game, you know, he's a dog on the defensive end. And it's spearheaded on his defense by guarding the guy. He picks up the guy at least half court. Sometimes he picks him up 24 feet. And he don't let, you know, the offense get in their set. So he's disruptive. So that just trickled down to everybody from LeBron to Anthony Davis to Dwight Howard to Danny Green to JaVale McGee to Tavius Caldwell-Pope. Rondo did some good things when he came to the game. Kuzma, you know, like I said, offensively, Kuzma is inconsistent. But if you're going to be inconsistent on the offensive end, play good defense. Do other things. Keep moving. And the thing about it is Anthony Davis had a stellar game. You know, Anthony Davis scored 14 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter. And it just goes to show that when you got two guys that are MVP caliber guys and you can get into the fourth quarter and under that four-minute mark and that game is close, either one of them can take over the game. And LeBron was sensational. And whatever LeBron has done since the All-Star break on his free throws, it's been remarkable because – 
it's changed his game because now he's starting to go to the cup more and he's not worried about going to the foul line. Against Milwaukee, he shot 12 of 15 from the free throw line. And, you know, he just kept on pressing. He kept on getting on the inside. He was getting fouled. He went to the line 15 times. So that shows that, you know, he wasn't just settling. But LeBron hitting the trade ball as well. And everybody said he couldn't shoot when he first came into the league. He worked on that. He just needs to consistently not shy away from going to that free throw line. And I think he did that Friday night, and that changed his game. So he was aggressive. So once he got downhill and he didn't score and he got fouled, he was just going to the foul line, knocking shots down. And down the stretch, you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, LeBron scored 14 points in the third quarter, you know, in a, in a crucial stretch run to put the Lakers ahead to hold on to that lead to bring it home. And I just thought that that game showed that all the beat writers and all the naysayers, all the Lakers beat, you know, the bad teams. Can they beat the good teams? Well, Friday night, going into that game, you know, you're playing the league's best team and they got the best record in the league and the Lakers made a statement. Not only did the Lakers make a statement, I just thought that LeBron made a statement too because, you know, the chatter is about Giannis, the runaway MVP, rightfully so. But LeBron James is making it interesting through the stretch of, you know, after the All-Star break, the stretch run to decide who's going to be the MVP. But like I said, I just think Giannis right now is the MVP. But LeBron is making a case, man. It, it's hard to ignore what LeBron James is doing. So, you know, we're going to keep an eye on that MVP race. But I just think Friday night, LeBron made a statement on Friday night. And then we go to today's game, marquee matchup, the Lakers and the Clippers. You know what it is? Everybody's saying that the Lakers and the Clippers are in this collision course to go to the Western Conference Finals, to battle it out, see who's going to represent L.A. in the championship. Today's game showed me a lot. I understand that everybody's talking about the acquisitions that the Clippers made. You know, when they picked up Markeith Morris, when they got Reggie Jackson, you know you still got Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. And if you look at some of the games, the way the Clippers have unfolded, some of them huge games that the Clippers have pulled out and won, Lou Williams has been the catalyst. Lou Williams is a walking bucket. Lou Williams can come off the bench as a sixth man. He can get 50. He can go for 50. Montrez Harrell can get anywhere from 20 to 35 points a game. So them two guys coming off the bench is key for the Clippers. Also, you know, Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit didn't have a good game today. I mean, he was X'd out of the, X'd out of the equation today. He was canceled out. Um, then you look at, you know, Mark, Mark, Markeith Morris, you know, for the Lakers, that the Lakers got the counter, you know, counter um, what the Clippers did. And a lot of people say Markeith Morris, you know, he's a big body. He's 6'8", 6'9". He's a good defender. He makes a difference out there. So today's game was very intriguing. And I'll go back to what I said about LeBron James. LeBron James from the start of the game. Everybody wanted to see how he would bowl against Kawhi Leonard. Because if you notice the previous two games, everybody said, 
Oh, he don't want that smoke with Kawhi Leonard. He won't guard Kawhi Leonard. He shies away from it. Well, today, I think LeBron made a statement because right out the gate, he guarded Kawhi Leonard. He made it tough on Kawhi Leonard. I mean, even though Kawhi had, you know, his moments, but to me, they really wasn't impactful points that Kawhi had. LeBron did a stellar job on the defensive end on Kawhi Leonard. And even sometimes when he got caught on the switch, you know, throwing his body on Paul George, you know, he was, he was moving bodies. He was, you know, he was on the switch. He was getting around the screens, over the screens, under the screens. He was staying attached to his men. And the thing about it is everybody on the back line with Anthony Davis, you know, today Kyle Kuzma had an exceptional game defensively. He stayed active. He stayed engaged. His offense wasn't there, but defensively, Kyle Kuzma did a great job. And then you look at what Markeith Morris did. Markeith Morris came in the game and um, Frank Vogel rode Markeith Morris down the stretch because he's an additional body that can defend when you got two guys on the other side that are prolific, you know, wing players and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George started off hot. He started off hot. He had 29 at halftime. And, you know, after halftime, they kind of got their senses and started staying connected to um, Paul George and made it tough on him. Also, you know, down the stretch, Kawhi, Kawhi tried to take over and tried to bring, you know, the Clippers back in the game. But it was the timely stops that the Lakers was getting. And it was the Tomley Buckets. And when I say Tomley Buckets, like I said about LeBron James not shying away going to that free throw line, um, he was taking on the challenge, man, early in the game. He was down in that post. He was getting what he wanted. He was moving Paul George out of there. He got an and one on Paul George, and he, he kind of flexed a little bit. And the thing about it is when LeBron is aggressive like that, it changes a lot of things that the Lakers – do and then we got our tip of cap to Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley was on fire today. And the thing about Avery Bradley is people always say, you know what Anthony Davis and LeBron are gonna give you. They need that third guy to step up. And it might have to be by committee. It might be Catavius Caldwell Pope one night, Kuzma the other night, Avery Bradley or Danny Green. But what Avery Bradley did today, the way he was able to stretch the floor and was knocking down his tray ball, hit a career high, five tray balls. And the thing about it is, that was the piece that the Lakers needed today to pull that victory out. And then you go and look at some of the things that Rondo was doing early in the game. Rondo's minutes early in the game was dismal, but in the second half, he turned it around. I thought Rondo, you know, settled down. He started going to the basket a little bit more and started, you know, getting his shot to fall. But the Lakers with that second unit, man, what's going to be the key is that second unit when LeBron goes to the bench is what that second unit can do. Can they hold on to the lead or can they stretch that lead to buy time for LeBron to get rest? And what was interesting about today's game was Vogel's, you know, he was, you know, substituting the guys. The way he was substituting the guys, I found it kind of odd. And the only thing I can say is I don't think Frank Vogel gets caught up in what the media tries to portray about this is a must win for the Lakers. Um, this is make or break. 
If they lose to the Clippers, the Clippers mentally got them and they're mental. The Lakers are mentally soft and, you know, the Clippers can rough them up. Frank Vogel's substitution was kind of crazy because it was stretches where Anthony Davis was on the bench for a long time. Also, LeBron James, his normal pattern when he goes out the game was a little different. It was a crucial stretch run in the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left. And Vogel took LeBron out, and I know Mark Jackson commented on that. How much time can Frank Vogel buy LeBron James? But leading up to that minutes, leading up to the time that he took him out, LeBron was only, he only played 29 minutes. So, I mean, the eight minutes that he could play for the rest of the quarter, he, he should have told Coach, hey, I want to stay in. I want to get this done. But it worked out for Vogel. LeBron was able to get the rest, and he was able to come in and, and close it off. And another thing is that Vogel's rotation, he went from 11-man rotation and he cut it down to, to nine. So Dwight Howard didn't get the minutes that he normally gets because I don't know what Frank Vogel saw, but I think he saw that Markeith Morris was, you know, better suited for the situation today. And like I said, Markeith, Markeith Morris and, the, and Marcus Morris, it's, it's, they're identical and for the Clippers, Marcus Morris did not have a great game. He shot dismal. I mean, he, he was missing in action. Lou Williams didn't have the game that um, he, you know, normally has. Montrez Harold got to the line a lot of times. I mean, he was getting a lot of fouls, but he was missing a lot of foul shots. But over these last two games with the Lakers, their defense has stepped up. They've been strapping down. They've been clamping down. They've been getting after it. I mean, they've been staying detailed. They've been staying detailed to principle. And it's going to be interesting, man. And I just don't see a lot of people saying that the Clippers got the best team from top to bottom. It looks good on paper, but you got to go out there and execute. And when you got somebody that can cancel somebody out, it makes it difficult. Now, back to LeBron. You know, at the age 35, to still be out there doing the things that he's doing offensively and then today defensively and Friday defensively, I don't know, man, if this guy keeps on playing like this, and I know that he can turn it up a notch when he gets to the playoffs. You know, he goes to that zero dark 30, and he activates beast mode. It's going to be trouble. I just think today he put he put the NBA on notice. He put some of these beat writers on notice, especially Skip Bayless. He put him on notice, but Skip Bayless, he'll find anything to detract what LeBron did because he come out on record to say, Oh, Avery Bradley was the king today. Oh, man, come on now. I mean, LeBron James, what he did offensively and defensively was spectacular. Today, he got fouled. He was playing downhill. He got to the free throw line 14 times. He shot 12 or 14 for, for his free throws. And, you know, that's the knock that, you know, LeBron used to complain about that. Even the coaches say, you know, as much as LeBron goes to the cup, and plays downhill, he don't get the foul calls. He don't go to the free throw line enough. If LeBron can keep averaging 10 to 14 free throws a game and he's knocking down at least 80% of them because after the All-Star break, LeBron is shooting 78% from the free throw line. And if you look at the way he's shooting his free throws, he has tinkered it a little bit by sitting there concentrating a little bit more before he takes a shot. And, you know, when he hits them, they're dead nets. I mean, his free throw form looks good right now, and I just hope he can continue that, you know, going down the stretch run and going into the playoffs. 
And, you know, Milwaukee, they just took a, a bad loss today. I know Giannis, you know, he hurt his knee against the Lakers. That was a scary fall where his leg got bent behind him. But he got some kind of minor, you know, sprain in his knee. So he's going to be out for the next two games. And they just took a bad loss against Orlando. So the Lakers in the loss column, they're only two games back from Milwaukee for the best record in the NBA. Now, if they can get that best record in the, in the NBA, that would bode well for them because everything got to go through Staples. Everything got to go through Staples. And I've always said I love my chances when a team got home court and they got to play a game seven and it's, it's on your home floor, it, it's, it, it bodes well for you. And also, you know, with the Clippers, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, that, their team is healthy. They was playing good ball coming into this game. You know, with that whole unit healthy, they was 10-0 and 0 with that whole unit healthy, playing as a whole with everybody on the floor. And today showed me that the Lakers, they're not ready to, they're not ready to concede to the Clippers. They're not ready to, you know, let people say that the Clippers are the best team. Now, the Lakers got a real big say in that. Yeah, the Clippers look good on paper, but when they picked up Markeith Morris, when they traded for him, and I was talking about, you know, um, Harold, um, Harold, you know what I'm saying, um, that they traded. I said he's going to be the X factor because he was playing good good ball for them before they traded him away. And I think they was missing him today because Marquise Morris didn't show up to the party. And then Marquise Morris got caught up on the switch at the end of the game today when LeBron put the statement on him, drove right past him and got the and one. LeBron drove past Kawhi Leonard a couple times. You know, sometimes he was playing downhill. He was getting by him. He wasn't finishing. But Mark, Marcus Morris was there. I mean, Markeith Morris was there to clean it up on the offensive put back for the slam. Kyle Kuzma got an offensive rebound one time and got fouled. LeBron was taking two defenders with him. So as a group, you got to you stay in the mix. You got to stay consistent. You got to keep moving. You're going to get some offensive rebounds. And what Anthony Davis finally did in the fourth quarter, you know, by going downhill, getting to the basket, that was opening up his outside shot. It was opening up the baseline shot. It was opening up the three ball. And, you know, he played exceptionally well down the stretch, and that helped the Lakers out a lot. But Catavius Caldwell-Pope, man, he played great minutes today, man. He, he got downhill. He was hitting the tray ball. He was getting into the cup with the finger roll. And, you know, it was, it was a, a good thing to see. And even though it was a Clippers home game, you know, it was a lot of Laker fans there, rightfully so, chanting, you know, MVP every time LeBron was at the foul line. And, you know, that game, you know, let a lot of people know that the Lakers, man, it's, it's going to be hard. The Lakers going to be a tough out. But I would look, it would be an interesting series if we see these two teams match up in the Western Conference. But we got we to gotta take it one game at a time, man, because anything can happen. I know that the, um, the Lakers, um, you know, they – play um, Tuesday night against Brooklyn, you know, you don't want to go into Brooklyn and let this game get away from you after a big, you know, two wins over the weekend. You just got to keep your foot down. You got to stay humble and you got to get things done. But I think this is the time of the year that you put a little bit of separation between the teams that are chasing you that you can get away with resting some of your guys on this so-called so load management. But Avery Bradley was sharp today, and what Avery Bradley's defense, man, like when they played Philly, man, Avery Bradley's defense, on-ball defender, he's a nuisance. And 
a nuisance in a good way. Um, he's not like a Patrick Beverly nuisance because Patrick Beverly is the type of player that you just want to punch him in the nose and just watch him bleed. And for the comments that he said after the game when they asked about guarding LeBron James, he was like, that's not a factor. You know what I'm saying? Just so disrespectful. But, hey, I like the edge on the kid. I like the edge on the kid. You got to you gotta have that kind of edge when that's what your game is and that's what you lay your hat on in the NBA and that's how it got you that big money because of the way you play. But, you know, he was canceled out offensively. He was nowhere to be found. You know, I was surprised that Lou Williams wasn't, you know, getting the shots off that he normally gets off. But the Lakers' defense, man, you got to tip your cap to the Lakers' defense. The Lakers' defense was sharp. And Frank Vogel, uh, I guess he did a wonderful job with his substitution and his rotations. Like I said, he cut down from 11-man rotation to a 9-man rotation, and that worked well for him. And that's not even taking into consideration that Deion Waiters hasn't even suited up yet. And they've always talked about, you know, Deion Waiters as a – he's a walking bucket as well. And I just think that getting him in the mix, hopefully that can help that second unit out by somebody coming out there that can get their own shot and can get their own bucket and, and can go to the cup and he can create for itself. Because the Lakers' second unit, that's what really – is the difference because when LeBron and AD go to the bench, you got to have that consistency where you can either extend the lead or you can hold on to the lead. You don't want to give up the lead and then you got to force LeBron back into the game. But overall, this weekend for LA basketball, especially the Lakers, they came out 2 and 0 against the high-powered teams in the NBA, and it's going to be interesting to see and hear what these beat writers got to say about these two games on Friday and Sunday. You know, some people are going to say, well, this is just one regular season game. But if the Lakers would have lost, they'd have been 0-3 against the Clippers. It would have been all LeBron. He can't get it done. He's washed up. He don't want no smoke with Kawhi Leonard. He don't want no smoke with the goons on the Clippers. But... You got to look at it now. LeBron made a statement. He hears y'all talking, and I, it's, it's going to be interesting on what they say because, you know, LeBron still is not going to get the credit he deserves. You know, it's always going to be somebody else. Oh, if it wasn't for Avery Bradley, you know, the Lakers would have lost the game. Well, he's part of the Lakers, and LeBron was setting him up. If you look at all five of the three-pointers that Avery Bradley hit, LeBron assisted on three of them. So LeBron is getting him open shots, and, you know, as a collective unit, I think the Lakers, you know, I think they peaking at the right time. I mean, they're in a good rhythm right now. And just hopefully when Deion Waiters, you know, suits up, that he can add more to it. But I just like the additions of Marcus Morris, man. Mark, I mean, Markeith Morris. I mean, you know, that was a great pickup. That was a that was one that nobody saw coming because everybody thought that when they missed out on Markeith Morris, or Marcus Morris, you know, the twins, they get me mixed up. But when they mixed, missed out on one of the twins, they said, oh, man, the Lakers, they, they should have traded for him. But, hey, they got themselves a diamond in the rough because he's a defender, too, and he can hit shots He can hit shots down the stretch, too. And his presence out there, he's a gritty defender. So, overall, man, the weekend, the Lakers came out on top, man. And I just hopefully, you know, LeBron to get the, you know, the credit that he deserves and, you know, the things that he's doing at 35, you know, is unspeakable and undeniable. So, 
Once again, that'll wrap up another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, K-Sap, and the man behind the mic, and we'll catch you on the next one. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share on all major platforms.